Hey, Retrospectors, for our third birthday, we've filmed an hour-long Q&A answering your questions. We discuss our favourite facts, how we make the show, and what we've learned along the way. If you're already supporting us on Patreon, thank you. You can watch it right now at patreon.com slash retrospectors. And if you're not a Patreon member, sign up. You don't have to pay a thing to become a free member and watch it now. So check it out. It's free. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's November 22nd, 1718. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. The more lurid accounts of the death of the infamous pirate Blackbeard, who was killed today in history in 1718, document every cut and thrust of his final battle. But the man who was actually responsible for tracking him down and killing him, the British naval lieutenant Robert Maynard, recorded the event rather more prosaically, writing simply, he fell with five shots in him and 20 dismal cuts in several parts of his body. Yeah, and then he decapitated him. Don't miss well, that that's bit. True. I mean, yeah. I know the man wrote pragmatically and not romantically, but he did then follow up with, I have cut Blackbeard's head off, which I've put on my bowsprit in order to carry it to Virginia. Well, you know, he did it for a reason. He did it so that they could take it off that spike and put it on a different spike, this one at the entrance to Chesapeake Bay, to act as a warning to other pirates. Yes. Although I'm sure pirates were aware of what would happen if they were captured. I mean, this probably <laughs> yeah. wasn't news to the vast majority of them. <laughs> Though I guess he was a particularly big catch because he was pretty much the greatest pirate of the so-called golden era of piracy. We don't really know very much about Blackbeard, whose real name was Edward Teach, uh, before his rise to becoming a pirate captain. It's thought that he began his life at sea, at least, as a British privateer in the War of Spanish Succession. Yeah, but it's, it is interesting, isn't it? Like, his reputation as this sort of fearsome, gratuitous, demonic murderer mm. is... Probably exaggerated, because most contemporary sources don't describe him as particularly unfair or brutal for a pirate, uh, but also only on the last two years of his life, basically. I mean, mm. you know, like, like Julian Fellows, he, he only created his most <laughs> evil works towards the end of his career. <laughs> And almost all of what we know about Blackbeard, or think we know about Blackbeard, comes from one source, the 1724 book, A General History of the Pirates, by Captain Charles Johnson, who is probably a pseudonym. I think we talked about this a bit in our Mary Reed and Bonnie episode. Possibly an alias for Daniel Defoe. And he claimed lots of things about Edward Teach, who may not even have been called Edward Teach. There's lots of different records mm. that gave his name as Thatch or Tack. And pirates often used a fake name anyway, so maybe none of them. The thing is, is that this particular book, the account is hardly laden with footnotes is very much a colourful history of pirates mm. and almost all of it could have been an invention frankly. Yeah I mean it is worth recording some of the stuff that at least is said about what was so daunting about Blackbeard's appearance because as well as this enormous black beard which went down to his waist he was also known for lighting fuses in his hair to give him this kind of crazed appearance of a 
person with his head on fire. <laughs> so, you know, that at least is the image that his biographers uh, gave to him. But even people who have subsequently tried to reappraise slash rationalise and rationalise it, they <laughs> tend to say that this whole sort of swaggering mercilessness was a cultivated image that was designed to be a part of his arsenal of psychological warfare that really meant that even before he had to do any fighting or cutlassing of his victims, the battle was won, you know, that people knew of him before he even got on their ship mm. and so he didn't actually have to yeah. do too much So you just give everything up, not yeah. much plundering needed. Get just, your yeah, booty take, and take off. you want, mate, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> really, when it came down to how he actually acted, it seems like for a pirate, he was pretty, you know, I don't want to say nice, I'm not going to be a Blackbeard apologist, but he was certainly very <laughs> orderly. He had a very professional attitude. Professional to... is the word, yes. Yeah. Yes, he went Clinical. He, Yes, when he raided a ship, because this is the other thing, he had so much firepower and so much manpower at his disposal. He basically had sort of a miniature fleet. At yes. his peak, he had a, his flagship was called the Queen Anne's Revenge. It had 40 guns and could hold 300 men. And then on the side of that, he had other ships as well under the command of sort of, you know, sub-pirates working for him. So he had so much power that he was able to, he would corner the ship, he would disembark the defeated crew. Then he would empty the hold and then burn or scuttle the ship. And then he would send the defeated crew away. Sometimes he would give them a sloop. Mm. You know, he, he was very orderly, very professional. 10 out of 10 would be raided by again. <laughs> no notes, kind of pirate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His first major act really was seizing the revenge, that boat you talk about, from uh, the so-called gentleman pirate, sometimes called the worst pirate of all time, uh, Steed Bonnet. Now, Steed Bonnet was this bloke you look at why people say he was such a terrible pirate. One of the things he did that was apparently so awful was he paid his crew wages. But this is unheard of in pirate circles. And everyone from the captain down regarded him as a wuss, essentially, yeah. who didn't trust his own pirates to reap their rewards from the treasures they plundered. And so they didn't respect him. They thought he was weak. And they, when they encountered Blackbeard for the first time, invited him to be their new captain. And even Bonnet himself kind of conceded to this idea. Okay, you're a better pirate than me. You can lead my ship and I'll stay on board as like your deputy. Well, that was actually, slightly confusingly, that was a different boat in the fleet. This was a sloop that was called the Revenge. Oh, the okay. Queen Anne's Revenge was sort of like, <laughs> I, I mean, I probably would have chosen a different name if it was There's my There's a lot flotilla. of vengeance in pirate and vernacular. I, if I already had one called Revenge, <laughs> yeah, I'd probably yeah. call it something different. But still, the Queen Anne's <laughs> Revenge Queen was... Queen Anne would be nice, wouldn't it? That's nice, yeah. It was absolutely... <laughs> Too nice. I mean, You'd get rumbled by your sailors in no time, <laughs> pirate man. <laughs> well, it could have been a really great story for reappraising Blackbeard because the Queen Anne's Revenge started life as La Concorde, a French slave ship that he captured mm. he sent the crew off on one of the sloops he dumped the slave cargo in the grenadines and sadly they were recaptured because the crew sailed off got help and were like we've got to go back and get all of these slaves again so unfortunately for the people on board they were put back into slavery but by this point blackbeard had sailed away in this it was a brigantine mm which is a two-masted ship. So this is like a very large ship we're talking about here as well. This is like a proper pirate ship. Yes, and eventually he set up his base in a place called Ocracoke, which is near North Carolina's major shipping lanes. And the idea was that he could just kind of loot ships as they passed by. So strategically useful for him. But by the time that we're actually recalling here, the time of his death, he'd been semi-retired for a while by now. Well, he was a bit like a Hollywood cop coming out of retirement for one last case, <laughs> right. wasn't he? Like, he kept getting approached. People were like, you're the best, you're the best, Blackbeard. Well, Come and do, do a bit of pirating yeah. with me. And I think it 
didn't help that he'd started to move some of his piratical activities to the land. You know, what happened at sea, in a way, was kind of out of love jurisdictions. And a lot of it was happening around what is now the Bahamas, specifically New Providence, which was seen as the hotbed of piracy. And then in mid-1718, Blackbeard's flotilla anchored along the shoals outside Charlestown in South Carolina, and they blockaded the port. They literally sat outside of the town and just picked on all the passing ships. Mm. And then they realised that the crew were in need of medical supplies. So they stopped a boat that was sailing out of Charlestown. They kidnapped several citizens and held them hostage until they received the medical supplies. So, you know, all this piracy was starting to get a bit landy for people's liking. <laughs> he was also just, like, letting it go to his head a bit, what he'd be able to get away with, I think. Because once you've got the fearsome reputation, you kind of double down, don't you? So there was this moment when King George I, supposedly technically in control, obviously, at that point of what is now Carolina had pledged to pardon pirates who turned themselves in. So seemingly to take advantage of that, he said to Bonnet, worst pirate of all time, hey, let's go and and turn ourselves in. And then whilst Bonnet was ashore, he double-crossed him, looted his (laughs) ship and marooned most of his crew on an island with no food or water. I mean, that's Bonnet's just unnecessary. Bonnet's such a freaking wet blanket. He's like, yeah, OK, good idea, Blackbeard. He's like, OK, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing Blackbeard was planning at this time was he was going to build a fortress at the Ocracoke Inlet, and the news filtered back to Virginia's governor, Alexander Spotswood, and he enlisted this British naval lieutenant, Robert Maynard, and he was tipped off that Blackbeard and his men were more in Ocracoke, but because he had to go into this inlet to confront them, he wasn't able to take a massive British man of war, say, but he had to go on his tiny sloops. Yeah, and Blackbeard had about 20 crewmen with him at this point. They opened fire with their cannon, killing or wounding one third of Maynard's men and putting one of his sloops, the Ranger, out of action, which only left the ship that Maynard was on, which was the Jane. But Maynard strategically decided to order most of his men to stay below decks. So Blackbeard thought that he'd killed them all when he'd only killed one third of them. And in fact, when they got close, according to Maynard's own account, Blackbeard, quote, drank damnation to me and my men, whom he styled snivelling puppies. He thinks he's got time to propose a toast to them whilst they're threatening his life. That's pretty badass, right? But he's misjudged it because they're actually underneath. And then, ha-ha, no, Close combat fighting for six minutes, muskets in faces, gunpowder going off, carnage. Yeah, and Blackbeard's men threw down handmade grenades onto the Jane and then they whirled out their grappling hooks and they all came bursting out of the hold where he had cleverly instructed them to hide. And yeah, it was all over in six minutes. which mm. actually seems short, but when I think about it, that's probably a really long time to be fighting with cutlasses <laughs> on, on a ship. <laughs> but even that wasn't the true end of Blackbeard, as we all know from the 1968 Disney movie Blackbeard's Ghost, starring Peter Ustinoff. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. It's like an individual iPod experience, but tethered to the wall because it was absolutely massive. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.